Hello and welcome to In Her Shoes, our brand new radio show where we talk about women's issues. I'm Alethea and I've got Barbara here with me today. Hello, Barbara. Hello, how are you? Um, I really look forward to spend the next hour chatting with you. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to spend the next hour chatting with you as well. So this week we are going to kick things off by talking about periods. But just a disclaimer before we start, me and Barbara are medical professionals. We don't have any medical background or medical training. So if you are impacted by any of the themes or discussions raised throughout this radio show, please seek medical advice or contact your GP. There's also some great information available on the NHS website if you do want to do your own research. But we are going to talk about periods and I think it's important to talk about periods simply because there's a little bit of stigmatisation attached to it. I've seen people online say that it's disgusting or ask why do we need to talk about that. So Barbara, what about you? Do you think there's any stigmatisation attached or have you experienced any throughout your life? There's no stigma whatsoever, which uh, periods are something really, really natural. And we are to the other extreme now that because they all they all know about periods and my children are 11, 12 and 14, um, they will even acknowledge when there is something wrong and they will say, oh, mom, is your period due? Which is actually <laughs> quite, <laughs> which is actually quite um, upsetting. And usually when after that comes another sentence, come down, mom, come on, if your period is due, it's nothing wrong. So there you are. There's no stigma in my house. Definitely. <laughs> At least they're um, aware, you know, at least at least they know <laughs> every time something happens. Oh, is it? Do you need anything? Is it the time of the month? <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously, they're all at school. And I've realised in the past few years that there's been a lot of attention about um, teaching them, um, obviously, about periods. And this year in particular... Uh, because they cannot separate the bubbles, so, so boys and girls are all in the same um, in the same class. They actually all talk about um, uh, what was considered female um, problems. So yeah. it's actually really interesting that this year they are learning a lot more um, about um, women as well. Yeah, that's that's great because. I mean, there was actually a study done by YouGov um, that I looked at that said one in three men and one in seven women actually failed to identify that the lining of the uterus is shed was the correct response for what a period was. Um, and also, I know in my school, when I had sex education in primary school, they kind of, anyone who anyone who goes to school in England will know when they, they wheel out the big old television and they put you down in front of the hall and you're all... You're all made to watch something. We watched this kind of cartoon on puberty and it basically showed a young man whose voice was breaking and then it went into some detail about periods, but not not a lot and not a lot that I wish I had known. But my school was quite good in the way that they didn't separate boys and girls, but I do know of other people who the girls were taken away and they talked about sanitary products and they talked about periods. Um, whereas it it shouldn't be separate because if you're a guy if you're a boy you know you don't you might not necessarily need to know but it just because it doesn't necessarily impact you doesn't mean you shouldn't know it um it's all part of an education it's it's part of getting rid of that stigma like I think every girl's known a time in school where 
they've came on or they need to go to the bathroom and I used to feel embarrassed because it would be the only time where I'd take my bag because that would be where my sanitary products were and I would always feel really embarrassed like oh no I've got to I've got to pack everything and I've got to run out the room and everyone's gonna know but I just if if I, th- I just think if you introduce it from such a young age then you're aware of what's happening and you don't feel like you're embarrassed yeah I just I think there should be more education around it in general because I think a lot of women don't even know I mean one in seven on that study a lot of women don't even know what what a period it is necessarily or kind of the different phases of it or what you should know and I think just introducing it from a young age makes it a lot easier to talk about a lot easier to ask questions that also I think is a lot um, to do with the culture obviously um, I come from a country where there really um, there is no stigma whatsoever on periods and I will tell you this story because I think it's, it is actually really funny and I always find it that British people find it hard to believe but when I had my period which was 34 years ago so a long time ago, um, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, we didn't really do um, anything um, remotely um, educational at school about periods. So um, I went to my mom and I thought that was going to be our private conversation. Within half an hour, all the neighbor. All the neighbors knew, my grandmothers, my family. I remember my dad coming to me and saying, congratulations, you're now, what we say, um, you're now a signorina, which signorina means you're a miss, you're a a woman, basically. So everybody knew about it. And I felt embarrassed. I just wanted to go in a room and lock myself and say, leave me alone. I just want to play with my toys. I'm not ready to be a woman. Um, and not just that, my grandmother made cakes and people came with presents. So it was something to celebrate. And I realized that day that obviously nobody really thought there was something um, like a taboo, something we cannot talk about. But I just assumed because I've been in this country now for eight years and I don't have girls. I just assumed that that was something that would happen 30 years ago. But actually, two weeks ago, the daughter of one of my friends um, uh, just had a period. So she just broadcast that on our WhatsApp group, where there are like 30 30 of us. So we all said, congratulations, Matilda, well done. And actually, uh, people send presents, we send flowers. So it's actually something to celebrate. Yeah, you know what? I've heard of period parties, but they're not commonplace but I I really want a period party I do and if people are going to send gifts like I will happily put down requests for chocolate if anyone if anyone does want to send me chocolate but no I I wish it was like that because it's really not like I mean I I don't know if I, I got mine at around about the age of 11 or 12 and I don't know how comfortable I would feel with the entire neighborhood knowing at the time but I do remember when I started mine I was absolutely terrified because We'd either just had the talk, in quotation marks, or I hadn't been introduced to it yet. But I know that none of my friends had started theirs. I was I was an early bloomer, so to speak. But I started mine, and I was coming home from school. And I used to go to my grandmother's house straight after school. And I remember just having blood in my underwear. And it was 
it was absolutely terrifying and it was like white underwear as well so I just feel like it made it look so much more bright and prominent and I was absolutely terrified and I just remember like screaming and being like I'm ill I'm ill I need to go to hospital I don't know what's happening and my grandma was like no no it's fine it's it's fine don't worry and obviously she didn't have periods anymore so I think she had to go and ask the neighbor for sanitary products and I was like what is this I don't know what to do with this it was like an like to me it was a nappy I was like I don't know what this is I'm really glad someone didn't I'm, I'm really glad they had sanitary products and I'm glad that they were pads and not tampons because I think at the age of 11 if someone was like just put this in your vagina I think I would have been absolutely terrified <laughs> I wouldn't have known what to do with it yeah so I think I think period parties sound like an absolutely fabulous idea and if yeah. I have a daughter I am 100% 100% doing a period party regardless of how embarrassed she is because I will <laughs> I will lean her into it with a period party and uh, so what about this point about you said about sanitary products so hey let's let's talk about what we use well I use pads because so basically I I had really really painful periods to the point where I would actually vomit and not be able to get out of bed um so I went on contraception from a really really young age from around about 15 just to regulate things and stop them so I actually stopped my periods quite early because I I went on the pill but it didn't really work for me so then I went on the depo injection so I stopped having periods I didn't really experiment with different types of sanitary products and then I've only just got mine back recently (laughs) I've just got mine back recently so Mm. I I still use sanitary products I keep saying sanitary products I mean pads when I do say that just because in in kind of a grim way this might sound a bit grim to some people but because I've just got them back I'm just monitoring what's going down there and I feel like I can see more what's going down there when I have pads on and also I'm not entirely comfortable with putting things inside which it might sound weird or a bit immature but I'm just I'm not entirely comfortable on putting things on there I want to kind of monitor what's going on and I'm I mean I would like to progress onto menstrual cuffs or period underwear at some point because it is better for the environment and it's it's probably cheaper eventually because if you're like I think people don't realize how expensive they actually are and like how much it adds up if you're buying pads or tampons every single month it gets really expensive so I do want to progress out of that but for the moment I'm just comfortable with pads although I (laughs) I don't like it do you know do you ever get the wing pads well I only use the wing ones because they stick on better right it gives it gives you underwear like a nice hug but then what happens you get the tail at the back where it it kind of pops out I'm like oh hello yeah so that's I really don't like that about it either but I mean let's just be honest none of them are comfortable well in my experience I don't think it's very comfortable to have a a period I don't think any any kind of sanitary products are comfortable and you know quite often if I've if I've been on for a while as well because my periods tend to last I know they're supposed to last like an average of five to seven days but mine last for about 10 days so by the end of it especially when there's not much blood there I get a little bit of like nappy rash at some points yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I yeah. know what about you what do you do you have a preference well do you, do you yeah it well it's it's funny you know obviously when um when I first had my period my um obviously I started with pads and then you kind of the recent evolution and you know you're gonna put g-string when you're young so you really that doesn't fit well with 
the wings. You're definitely going to put wings around your G-string. No way. Oh, yeah, then obviously you start to have you start to have children. And your body changes. <laughs> so the so G-string, mm, maybe not. Hello, hi, brief. <laughs> oh yeah, and everyone so, has period underwear, don't yeah. they? There is always yeah. a certain a certain bit of underwear that you wear that is reserved yeah. for that time of the month for that time of yeah. the month so and then you know so you realize yeah tampax you start with the normal size when arrive over 40 you're gonna go to the xxl so that's not very nice um so next step i've spent actually not because we were gonna do this program but just because i really thought it was a good idea to start to look into uh, period pants so yeah I, I kind of what really wanted to try them so i ordered some but I, I haven't received them yet but i've been reading about reviews about all what uh, um, um, women think about period pants and they don't look like the most sexy underwear you can get but at least they're good for the environment, like you said. Um, and also, uh, it, it helps a lot, I think, with the idea that we are doing something, something good. So yeah, so I'm going to take myself to the, to the new world and try, and I will let you know. So anyway, after long research and after reading lots of reviews, I decided to go for uh, supermarket ones. <laughs> So I will, obviously you can find any kind of price for them from five pounds to 30, 40 pounds per pair. Uh, but I kind of tried, I stayed on the 10 pound one. So I will be able to update you on that soon. Yeah, please do. And also I kind of, I'm really interested to know like how well they work. Cause my, my periods are really, really heavy. Um, actually in school, I used to have to wear two like two like industrial size nighttime pads yeah. and I would still leak I remember one time in French class I actually leaked all over the chair and we had like bright yellow chairs so there was no hiding that and I just kind of went up to my teacher and was like Miss, Miss Ellen, I've leaked on the chair I was only like 13 yeah. at the time so I was so embarrassed by it but um she was she was amazing actually really great teacher and was it was just really comforting but I would be interested to see like how well they work because I feel like on the last couple of days I'd feel really really comfortable but I think at first it would definitely I think I would like be constantly checking my crotch like when yeah. I had them on like con continuously <laughs> being like oh oh my goodness am I going yeah. through but yeah I mean it sounds like a really good idea and I also just feel like it sounds a lot more freeing like you don't like I was saying before you don't get the nappy rash you don't have yeah. to like constantly put things in your vagina um yeah. And you can just just wash and repeat. But I guess how how many do you get in a pack? Because I guess obviously you either have to like wash them every day because you would change them every every day, right? So how how many yeah. do you? I do think you, get? you you no, you only buy a single pair. That's right. why they they work out quite expensive. You know, if if you get like the the, the supermarket ones, the one that I bought, um, they were ten pound per pair. So I bought three just to see how it goes because I really didn't want to spend too much if they don't work but um, I'm quite positive I believe that they're going to work and also I've always since I was young I never had regular periods so story about embarrassing story about having um period where I wasn't expecting it 
as many you want. Once oh, on, a plane, <laughs> on a plane. Yeah. <gasps> on a plane. No. And that was actually a really kind of, I definitely wasn't expecting a period. Well, I, wasn't, I never knew uh, when a period was coming and I'm still the same. You know, all this, um, I love that all the Fitbits and they all have these wonderful apps. So then they kind of tell you, oh, your period is coming, get ready. Well, mine is never be like that, <laughs> never. There is no way I can get ready. Um, if I'm ready, I'm sure they will, it will come either earlier or later, but never, never on time. So it looks like with this underwear, if you start to wear it a couple of days before, because they, obviously they have different kinds for different flow, so if you have a really light flow, you could start to wear it a couple of days before when you think that you could be there and and then at least it should uh, stop you to have embarrassing episodes to tell on live on radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, yeah, so to be honest, I really can't remember mine, like how regular they were, which again, sounds really weird, but like I've only just... I only just got my implant removed two weeks ago, so I haven't had a natural period in, in a while. I think they used to be quite regular. I think so. But like I say, I stopped them. And then the only reason I got my implant out was because I got it replaced last October, and I've just had random bleeding, um, like random spotting. And then I actually had a period for... I stopped yesterday, actually. Hey. But it was eight consecutive weeks of bleeding, which is why I got it out. Um, and also, I just kind of don't want hormones in my body anymore. I want to want to be a bit free. So I am, yeah. to say I'm excited to see what happens sounds really morbid and weird. But I am actually really excited to get a natural period again and see where it is. But I hope it's regular. I hope it's like clockwork because I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I couldn't feel like constantly like, oh, it's been around about 25 to 30 days. What's going on? When's it coming? So have you but, been missing all the... Um like the desire of chocolate, like you could kill for a jar of Nutella before I, your period, or I you did, still have yeah. that? For, for the years where I, I think I didn't have a period from, a, well, I didn't have a natural period because I started contraception from when I was 15, but I still had periods, so I did crave chocolate and things. But then from the ages of like 17 to well, 23 now, I haven't had a proper period. So is it 17 17 or 18 but yeah it's been about four or five years since I've had like an actual one so I didn't have anything I didn't crave anything which is probably like I was really into the gym and I was like oh I'm so healthy but it's literally it's probably just because I didn't have those hormones because now over the past year every every time I start getting getting one I do crave chocolate like I need it and especially it was so weird because when I had one for like the eight weeks like it wasn't a real period but I was like for for the for the past eight weeks, I have been in nightmare, like just a literal nightmare. I just eat chocolate all the time. I'm moody. I have acne. I, like if you just ask my boyfriend, it's so funny. He's like, whenever you call me, I don't know what version of you I'm gonna get. I'm either gonna get a loving girlfriend. I'm gonna get someone who's horrible to me. I'm gonna get someone who's like crying on the phone. We we, we just don't know. But no, I haven't for the, for like four years. I didn't crave chocolate all the time, but it's it's coming back. Um, but what what about you? Do you crave? Is it like a certain type of chocolate, or is it just like give me anything with sugar in it now? For me, for me, I don't know if it's the the, the Italian side of me is is Nutella. Ooh. It's gonna have to be like a, a an hazelnut spread because I don't just put that on bread 
or you know some people put them on biscuits or bread no I just need to go there with a really long spoon and spoon it out until it's all gone <laughs> that's that's the only way and that's I presume that's another sign for my family when they see me going around with with my jar and you know like a big like the the, the Linus blanket that's it that's my yeah. jar nobody can touch it so that's that's but it's it is crazy because sometimes I just think how how can we get to that and maybe I'm there with bad pain bad cramps and still I've, I've got no energy to do anything but I still have the energy to eat my chocolate <laughs> that's the only energy oh, I can 100%, find 100% <laughs> yeah that's that's like me as well I just I don't have any any energy or like I know about about you I mean I've already said about my cramps being really really bad I think sometimes people underestimate how bad they can actually be I know some women don't get too impacted by them mine were horrific I remember one time in secondary school I went to like student services and I was crying my eyes out because I was like I'm in so much pain like I need help and I, I wanted paracetamol but they were like we can't give you anything because we don't have your parents' signature, etc. So I was like, oh, no, I, I mean, and I just, I burst into tears. I can't remember exactly what I said, but one of the women who was working there knew who I was. And she was like, oh, this isn't like you at all. And then I literally just vomited in the middle of student services in front of everyone. And then she was like, oh, you're not well. And I was like, I really mm. want to go home. Yeah. And I used to just not even be able to walk not be able to get out of bed I felt really lightheaded really dizzy and I, I couldn't go to school for like a week at a time every month which was pretty much detrimental to my education and ibuprofen and paracetamol just didn't cut it so I would literally be curled up in a blanket with a hot water bottle and like a gallon of gallon of ice cream and like 10 bars of chocolate just crying my eyes out and vomiting all the time I don't, I don't know about you but yeah I think I've I've had lots of different phases in my life. So when when I was young, I was I was still very irregular all the way to the point that I had to go through lots of medical um, procedure to try to understand why my period wouldn't come. There was I've been through every kind of well, it's, it's psychosomatic is um, is something to do with the. Uh, um, with the weight you know you will hear any kind because the reality is nobody really can tell what's happening to your body and how hormones can really affect you but I think one of the most upsetting thing because obviously we have we're talking about periods and really when they arrive there is a kind of liberation you know it's like freedom because yeah they're there so all the pre premenstrual sim- symptoms the kind of all go and you kind of feel you nearly feel another woman so it's like you got this exorcism coming out you know she's out now I'm I'm actually I'm the I'm the good one um but the 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 for many women getting the period instead is a very upsetting moment because if you've been through IVF or obviously you're trying to have a child um having a period is it's it's a terrible thing because it means something didn't work. So I've been through some of them because when um, when we started thinking about having children, my period wasn't regular at all. It would come once every 
three or four months. And again, nobody knew what was happening. And I remember going to this doctor saying, oh, well, you have no ovulation. You never really had any ovulation and you're never going to have children. And I remember going back home saying, right, okay, never mind. Let's think about what what else we're going to do. And I completely parked that, you know, in a way. So I kind of went 100% back on my job, didn't even think about it. Then I went to another doctor after few months, you know, like I would say nearly a year later. And I remember him saying, say, don't worry, it's fine. You know, it's like you need somebody that just give you a hug and say, you'll be fine. And a month later, I was pregnant. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't, he didn't do anything. You know, I kind of look back and say, he did this or he did that. No, he didn't really do anything. It just made me feel give me that kind of peace of mind and yeah so but before obviously before that every period that was coming was a big disappointment but after that you know it's been obviously you know the way you 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 develop you know with getting to understand your body as well it changes the the, the perception of what period really are sometimes and how can they can be painful for for some women psychologically more than just physically yeah that's that's really true I think that's definitely not not talked about enough and as well when people kind of I think people definitely underestimate first of all just the levels of hormones that are always in our body and that impacts a lot of our mood but like you say the kind of psychological effect I think whether it's because you're trying to have children you can't have children whether it's because of any other any other reason I think this is also why it needs to be talked about quite a lot because it can have such an adverse reaction on so many different women for so many different reasons and like you said if you're if you're trying to have I mean I've never tried to have children yet I just don't have the money or the time but (laughs) I've never tried to have kids but I can I can't really imagine how devastating it must be to be trying and then kind of get that biological reminder I guess of like oh it hasn't happened yeah and you don't really know if it will ever happen or you know what what you need to do to make it happen and you know people still think this day when we talk about how I had three children after that of the fact that I was never gonna have any ovulation and now I have three children I always say sometimes is what happened inside us it's it's beyond our control we don't we don't even know what really how periods, how hormones affect your body. Obviously, we said at the beginning, we are not doctors. And obviously, what was my experience is not necessarily going to be somebody else's experience. There are lots of women that are not as lucky. But I think, yeah, we always remember that when we talk about period, there are lots of different kinds. And some of them can be really painful. Yeah, and do you think... I think to talk about the stigmatization of periods as well, do you find that there is an inability to talk about it? And do you think that kind of talking about these things in kind of whatever relationship you have to periods, and you know, even in terms of fertility, do you think just talking more about it or being able to relate to other people that have gone through that? Because I can imagine it feels quite isolating at the time. I think what what happens anyway, you know, obviously we 
we're a different generation from our parents. Well, I am anyway. I'm probably the age of your parents. Um, but the, the thing is, we start to have children a lot later. So it is um, physiologically different, obviously, when, when you get to, um, and let's say, older age. It, we start seeing a lot of Bridget Jones' baby, the, late, the, the, the last one, when they call her geriatric mom. And she say, how can I be geriatric mom? I'm still in my 30s. But yeah, that's unfortunate. That's what happened. Um, so there is a component of that. But on the other hand, we are all quite, I remember with all my friends, we were all the same age. We were all in our 30s. So we kind of spent the first phase of our life, go to university, enjoy life and getting a job and enjoy that job. So we never really thought about when was time. Um, then time comes and you kind of all find in the same in the same boat so we we all relate to each other it, maybe in a small bubble because obviously um, if i think about my friends it was like our small bubble but we all had some kind of problems uh, which you know some of us managed to solve some other didn't um so, but you do kind of relate you do relate with other definitely with other with other women um and i think it's important and it's not just women it's men as well um men understand what how upsetting can be for a woman to get a period when they're not expecting it they really don't want it so so i think it's it's important and that's why i put lots of um emphasis with my boys um about yes we obviously joke about period but we also um you know just understand how um how to speak about it and there is nothing wrong about talking about period um and i hope that one day they will understand that with their partners yeah you're so right and i think that's such an important thing to teach your sons because there's this, and I mean, I don't know if they're just like internet trolls or what happens, but I have, I have kind of seen things online or seen people talk about. Um, yeah, that's why. Um, obviously, with my with my boys, um, we joke about periods. They, uh, they say, "Oh, mom, it's that time of the day." Um, it's a time of the month um, are you due today uh, but on the other hand if you ask them to go and get me my pads they will happily go and get my pads no problem you know um, because for them it's just a natural thing um, the way that we talk about their hormones as well um, so I, I, I hope that talking about it they understand that there is no stigma attached whatsoever and they will be the same one day when they grow up with their partners um because obviously you you know we are talking about um education and how to to teach in in my case my children but there are lots of men that said they don't really know how to relate with women and their periods i don't know if you find the say you found the same problem sometimes yeah, I haven't, 
like I see a lot of things online I know online is probably not the best way to judge representation um of how people actually feel but I do see things online that are very negative towards periods or if I see people posting about periods there's usually a oh why do you need to talk about that why do you need to talk about that in public well because it's something that happens to us and every month as well it's it's a very regular occurrence um so we need to know about it I mean to be I haven't really had like a negative I've never had anyone that tells me that it's disgusting or you know anyone who hasn't been nice about it but I, I've definitely had more supportive partners than other partners um I mean my partner now he's he's absolutely fantastic I hope he doesn't mind me <laughs> gushing about him but he is really great like he'll he'll happily go to the store and buy me things if I need them and he he's great with it and I just think it makes it like just because men don't need to necessarily know about it it just makes the experience for the woman so much more positive because I've never felt with my current partner embarrassed I've never felt like oh, oh I've like something's happened or like I need I need to go out to the shop or something it's just it's it's nice it just makes me feel a lot more comfortable it makes because it's a difficult time of the month anyway like you're in pain you have hormones you're emotional so to have someone that's there that's really really supportive and really really nice to you and helps you with it I just think it makes it more of a positive experience. Or would you, do you think he would mind if I ask you if you have sex during your periods? Because I feel sometimes there is stigma about that as well. Yeah. Um, not as much for us women, but more for men. Yeah, I feel like sometimes they're kind of grossed out by it. I, to be honest, I really don't care. And I'm not going to like comment on his perspective because I'm not, I haven't got his, I don't know if he's going to want me like screaming and shouting about him. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I really don't mind having sex on my period. The only thing I don't like about it is that it can get messy. So you always have to like put the towel down. It's like an extra step, isn't it? Like usually when you have sex, you've always got to kind of make sure you're able to like clean the sheets. You've got to like run to get the loo roll and stuff. But you've also like now you have that extra layer. I mean, but at the same time, though, like, you should probably clean your sheets if you've been getting down and dirty anyway. I mean, realistically, let's just be completely honest. Who cleans them after every single time? I mean, if you did, they'd never be out the wash. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't care about it at all. But I do think there is, I think there is a stigma in terms of if it was a one-night stand, I think I would feel, well, I personally wouldn't feel weird about it because I'm pretty much okay with it. But I know that there would be a lot of people that would be like, no, no, whoa, or like, whoa, or you can't do that. Or like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on, so I can't do anything. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think there's probably a lot less stigma about it in younger generation. Yeah. Um, I think in older generation, probably there was a big stigma, possibly more for the women because they felt kind of nearly violated you know um there was like a a private or intimate time um for women so you don't really want to obviously we're not even talking if you're in pain because if you are in pain you don't even want to be touched it's not gonna happen (laughs) is it if you're like curled over a little ball no with your like 
um, all your medication or your paracetamol and everything it doesn't matter what you get you still want just your water, hot water bottle and your blanket and that's it your jar obviously your jar of hazelnut spread that have to be there as well you really the last thing you want to think about is having sex but yeah, i think in probably a few years ago there was this stigma on both sides not just on men which obviously we kind of overcome that now and I do believe that younger generation are a lot more they talk about it more I was so pleased when the other day Scotland announced that they are the first country to give free sanitary products it makes you realize there is much more attention about women periods and also when uh, when food banks ask for help at the top of the list yes there is food but there is all, always also sanitary products um because it's important that you know it's it's the women have that kind of attention and if it comes from the government if it comes you know from uh, from the people around that's great means we can talk about it and we can do something about it yeah and i mean i don't know the exact statistic on on period poverty but i know that it's definitely a problem and i i can't imagine you know when i I didn't go to school because of my cramp. That was kind of, it was a biological thing. But I can't, I can't imagine not being able to go to school simply because I couldn't afford sanitary products. And I can't believe that Scotland's like the only country that's, well, not the only country. I haven't actually looked into it enough to be perfectly honest. But I, it just seems to me so necessary, and and it I can't believe that that it's taken this long, to get to a point where there's free sanitary products because it's what it's it's it happens to every single woman and I just think the fact that there's women that are missing out on opportunities simply because they cannot afford sanitary products and like I said before they're so expensive as well yeah it's just absolutely ridiculous and I just I can't believe that it still happens to be perfectly honest I think there should be a lot more done by the government but also in schools because I remember in my undergraduate university, there was always like we actually had gender, um, gender neutral toilets. So like yeah. both both sexes use them, both yeah. gen like all genders use them, and there was always free tampons on the side, which I just think was amazing because students sometimes live in poverty. You know, we don't we don't get much money. We can't always work, and it should be normalized. And it should be normalized to ask people for sanitary products or just help people out and give free sanitary products because it's such a need. Yeah, and when you think about it, you know, if you want to do something, you can still, apart from sending, obviously, sanitary product, which should be to every every person that has periods who should have free sanitary products. But, you know, with the, with the new, there are lots of um, washable uh, pads now that can be reused. So, you know, you could send to, as a gesture to every 12 years old you know start from at some point and send to each one of them um like a welcome let's call it welcome uh package like a bit like the italian way where everybody came to my house gifting me um pads and you know that's that's kind of thing i remember somebody got me a little bag which i was supposed to take with me wherever i was going with my initials on <laughs> just in case um, I, I forgot if I was going to forget that that was my my sanitary products, but you know something like that starting 
at one point and go and go with that. Uh, but you know, you can you can send that. You can send um, reusable um, period pants. You know, you can you can do a lot. Of course, you, it's hard. You know, to think that you're going to send every month. You know, it's probably logistically it's not easy. But you can definitely send some uh, some reusable ones, and you're definitely going to do something for the environment in that case as well. So, or even if schools did something, if like as a part of that that education because I was never shown how to use any sanitary products in school they just talked about them but I think that if in school they like got a pad out and like ripped it open and was like this is what a sanitary product is um I think that would have that would have helped a lot maybe not as dramatic as I just did it there that was a bit that was a bit over the top but yeah if we if we saw them more if it was normalized if it was sent out if it was out in the open and tackled as a real issue that impacts real people I think it would help not just the people who desperately, desperately need sanitary products, but would also help a lot with the stigmatization. And a lot with people maybe asking for help, because I imagine if you're in period poverty, it might be difficult to ask for sanitary products because of the stigma, but because of because of a lot of different things. I think it's probably really difficult to bring up that that conversation with the authorities of, oh, I, I actually really need sanitary products. Yeah, of course, because you got other priorities, and you know, is if you have to feed your children, you have to save somewhere, and it's a lot more common than we think it is. So that that really, I think that really tells us that something needs to be done. Yeah, Barbara, I think you wanted something there. So we are just going to change gears a little bit now. We are going to talk about periods with relation to transgender people. There has been some debates in the media regarding if we should say people who menstruate or everyone who menstruates or if we should continue to use the term women who menstruate. There has been debates around this regarding whether it should be more inclusive or if it should be simply a woman's problem. Some have argued that by saying people who menstruate it takes away from a woman's biological experience, whereas others argue that it is a more inclusive term and that we should be inclusive to everyone who menstruates and that it isn't simply women who menstruate. So I actually sat down with Alex, who's a transgender male, earlier and we had a little bit of discussion about it. So here's our interview. Hi, so we are here with Alex. Alex, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi. <laughs> Don't really know what to say. <laughs> so how so basically what we're talking about with this interview is, is about trans trans issues, trans rights. Um, so there has been some debate in the media from some public figures around about the turn of phrase people who menstruate or people who have periods. Um, and some have argued that it overshadows women's rights. So how do you feel about that debate? What do you feel about the phrasing? Do you think we should be more inclusive with it? Do you think we should say things like people who menstruate or people who have periods? I, I, oh, I, I think it's... It's a very hard subject, I'll be honest. Like, me and my partner actually have debates about this all the time. <laughs> but I think, you know, they they all go on about nearly every subject now. I think they go on about trying to be inclusive. And it's not about making someone inferior or making someone superior. I think you need to make everyone kind of that level playing field, if you know what I mean. And I think, you know, yeah, it's... Like I said, it's a very touchy subject. But you look at, you know, you've got 
you've got race, you've got, you know, sexuality. They all go on about inclusivity there, and people are trying so hard to be more inclusive with them sort of subjects. Why can't they be inclusive with this? Do you know what I mean? It's, you're yeah. not taking anything away from anyone. Yeah. You're just trying to involve other people so you're on that equal equal kind of step. And I guess because it does, obviously not just, it's not just women or people who identify as women that have periods. And surely if, if there is an argument that it's a biological factor, then it needs to be more inclusive as it does impact other people. Um, and, you know, obviously trans men, people who are transitioning still need to know about these things because it impacts them Definitely. on a daily basis. So how would you suggest we be more inclusive with it? Do you think it's through education or do you think it's through changing the way we speak about it? What would you What would you kind of suggest? <laughs> See, I'm, a, I'm very kind of, I am a bit more vocal about this because I actually came from a very Roman Catholic background. So well, part of my dissertation that I did for my degree was to do with LGBT homophobia in kind of a Catholic environment in PE. You know, we actually did get told at one point in RE that gay was a sin. And, it could, and you know, it's, for me, I'm a very, you know, I think it should be taught in school. I really do. I think anything like that should be taught because, for me, I didn't actually kind of even talk to anyone about transgender till I was actually in university. It never got mentioned. We never even had a conversation about, you know, LGBT. You know, we got told, you know, gays are sin, that's kind of it. That was the talk. That was it. And I do feel that, you know, you look at society now, kids are so much more inclusive and so more accepting because they see it in the media. They see it. They see celebrities. They see it in the news constantly so they are having to learn that way when i think if they were taught at school you know it's not like you know a, a weekly lesson they don't you don't need that you don't i think you know if you have say a lesson every now and then like you know when they do them week things i know at my school we had a week every term to do certain things like a little I can't remember, I don't know what it was called now but we did different activities in that week and i think during that they should have someone come in and talk about it because there are there, there are going to be children that are dealing with that in their heads okay. and i think if they found if they can have someone talk to them about it it might make it easier and less stressful because i had a very horrible time in high school and i had no one to talk to and no one no, i had no talks about it and i think if there was even that one person to you know explain it, it would have helped yeah. and i think actually battling something like that head on makes it 10 times easier in the future and what do you think these comments could do to a young person if they see these comments of we shouldn't we shouldn't say that like that women have now been reduced to people who menstruate what do you think do you think that would have an impact on people who saw that do you think that would make them feel bad about themselves or struggle with it um i don't think it i don't think I don't think people who menstruate takes away anything to do with how much women are very powerful. You know, I'm definite. I'd say I lean more towards fem being a feminist because, you know, I I have been there. I have dealt with it. 
I have I've been writhing in pain. You know, I've, I've I know what it feels like, and then just because you know I'm then saying just women, it's not though. You know, I am a guy now, but I could still have them, and I don't think it changes that women have them. If you know what I mean, I don't know if I'm explaining this very well. <laughs> you know, there's there's some transgender men that have had that have been pregnant and given birth. You know, that is their choice. They, you know, they decide to do that. And women are so powerful because they actually bring a human being to life, you know. And, you know, yeah, it is a woman, but, you know, a transgender man's done it. And I'm not taking away the fact that women do it because, you know, women are amazing. I think, to be fair, they are the superior gender with some some men acts. But, you know... Classifying it as just one thing really does. There's no inclusivity. There yeah. isn't. Yeah. And, you know, you look at, say, being in a workplace and they ask you your sexuality now. And, you know, I think it's just to be more inclusive. It's nothing to do with taking away people that are gay or taking people away that are straight. It's to be more inclusive. And I don't, and I think it should be the same for, like I said, every subject. I've got some questions from Barbara. Unfortunately, Barbara can't be on the call. Um, there was a few technical technical difficulties <laughs> using the software. Um, so I'm just going to read out the ones from from Barbara. She said, for some women, having a period is a liberation after days of pain and bad moods. Um, for other women that are trying for a baby, it's really upsetting. What about for a trans, for a trans man? Um, the pain of menstruation must be more than just physical. So, okay. When I had, I've not actually had one now for over a year. Um, but when I used to have them, it would, it, I would be in agony because it is painful. I think most women, some people do don't have painful ones, and I envy them. I really do. But you know, some people do. They have really painful ones. There was that physical pain, but at the same time, my mood was would drop very a lot. I can't think of the word. Dramatically, it would drop because it makes me. It made me feel wrong, if that makes sense. I didn't feel that. That's what my body should be doing. Yeah. And it's really hard to describe. <laughs> there are times when you know my mental health would, would was very bad, and there were th- I, you know there were thoughts and. Yeah. It is very, very damaging to mental health. And I, I was very lucky that when I actually did come out as transgender, my doctor was able to give me an injection to stop my periods. When once that kind of kicked in, I felt so much relief. It was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because obviously I, I don't know how much detail I can go into. <laughs> so... When it was that time of the month, I would have to wear different underwear because, obviously, you've got the, the sanitary towels. Don't always stick to certain fabrics. I would Having to wear different underwear was even worse because it, it was like I was having to kind of conform to something that I'm not. And now, like, with not having a period, it's so much kind of relief of not having to think when it's going to come on and having to worry about all that because... I can just be me and I can wear the right underwear and all this. And I think that is one thing that 
people might not realise of, yeah, there is physical pain. There is, and there is the mood swings, you know. Every woman woman has them, they do. But I think when you feel like you're in the wrong body, there are days where you want to do certain things to make yourself feel better to your body. You know, having, the per- having a period is one of the worst times that you can be in. And that's kind of, I think some, someone needs to kind of educate people on that. Like we were saying before, yeah. I think people actually having the education. I, I know talking to someone, say, who has depression, them trying to describe it, no one's ever actually going to understand what they're going through because everybody deals with stuff differently. But having these kind of thoughts where, you know, you want to do things is very, very hard to not do, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And obviously, when, when trans men do want to testosterone, eventually, they do stop their periods and like I said it becomes such a relief that they don't have to kind of worry about it all the time so they can actually freely do things without having to go oh hang on I can't because of this because um, I know I know some people that well they, they don't want to talk about anything like that yeah but for me I've kind of I've you know I've got two brothers who have been amazing with me coming out and I wish like I could say tell them everything about what goes on, but obviously they are they are at an age where you know it is a bit too much detail. But yeah. if anyone comes up to me that I know and they want to know about it because they want to educate themselves, I will happily tell them whatever they want to know. And I've talked some some of the subjects I've talked about are not public. Do you know what I mean? But they want to know. They're not being in, they're not being rude. They're really wanting to kind of you know understand. So they're not then in the future saying something that might be hurtful yeah. so it's like some people go i'm so sorry i don't um if i've said this i'm like no ask away i will try my best to explain stuff and i think that's what people in this society nowadays they don't have people are so kind of private and they then they just assume and as i was saying before i think there needs to be something where you know people can ask questions and actually get answers not like feel bad for it not snarky comments like people need to go in they need to be educated and it might stop like half of the you know the abuse people get and i guess there is because like you say you're so you're so open about it and and you want to educate people but i i i understand that some some cis people obviously might not might not ask not because they don't want to inform themselves but because they also don't want to offend um, yeah. Another question from Barbara. She said, nowadays a lot of people are talking about periods and people who menstruate, kind of what we touched on earlier. Um, she said, there's so much talking, but what about you? Do you like people talking about this, or would you prefer to be left alone? Uh, it's one of, I, I don't know. It's, I think, it's a subject that people, they need, someone needs to be a voice for, you know, trans trans men i think you know there are some people that are very vocal and there are other people that aren't very vocal but personally i would stay out of it because it's one of them that you know it is a big touchy subject and a lot of people will be quite defensive and unless they they are ready for a very civilized conversation with no arguing no horrible words i won't meant i won't say anything because 
I'm at that point now where I've had drama in my life. I don't need more drama because of a certain, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if they are willing to have a civil conversation, I will happily have a talk with them about it. I will happily debate over it, you know, because we I did it in uni. But if people are going to be kind of, they're not even going to just kind of think or even, what's the word, even think about what they think, if you know what I mean. I can't think of the word for it now. Reconsider what they're thinking or even just, you know, explore different opinions, then I think we're just going to stay in this old rut, aren't we? I think people need to be open to ideas and open to opinions. You You know, yeah, they might not change their opinion on it, but they might understand the other person's opinion and then kind of respect it. I think one of the problems I find is people don't respect each other's opinions. They think that their opinion is the only pi- opinion that matters and that anyone else is wrong. But if you are, you know, I've known people that, like my partner doesn't agree with certain things that I agree with, but I respect that because we're different people. We believe in different things. And, you know, I think that's what society needs to really kind of get to grips with i think you know some people want to say people who menstruate and some people want to just say it's women you know i respect both of them and as long as they're not going to be horrible to each other or horrible to someone else because they say something different you know say it but don't be horrible over it because that's when it's not inclusive if you're going to be at someone you're just you're just be you're just being an instigator for arguments for then all this that's going on at the minute. Huge, huge thank you for Alex there for coming on and talking about something that is so sensitive and so personal. His experience was extremely enlightening for me and I hope it was for you as well. And you know what? That is it. That is the end of the show. They say all good things must come to an end, and guess what? This is one of them as well. We will be back here next week at 11 o'clock on Tuesday for more In Her Shoes and we'll be talking about body image and everything relating to that. I hope you've had a good time. I've had a great time. Hope you've learned something. Maybe even had a bit of a giggle at mine and Barbara's expense there. We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great week.